When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And what would you um, what would you say to somebody who um, is just at the beginning of their detransition, or or like looking at their own scars and uh, having to, I, just looking at the pit of fear and anger and regret, um, and and not knowing how to even begin to conceptualize that. Um. I'd say um, you can never go wrong if you face the truth of things. Like it is more painful to keep ignoring uh, and looking away from things that you kind of already know are there. Like like my questioning of like, do I want this surgery? I mean, I can't think that I don't want it because then I might lose the chance to have it. It would be it would have been so much better at every step to be like, huh. I think I need to honor the fact that I'm having like other thoughts about this. Rather than being like, no, 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 no. It's it it can only be this way. Um even at this this point, right, like right now, whenever I start getting um too narrow in my thinking of like there must be there must be a reason. There must be someone responsible. I need to like take revenge or show my resentment or get even or like destroy the enemy. Uh, being like, okay, well, I am also at fault, uh, not fully, but like it is also on me. Like I am not a victim fully. I am not fully responsible. Again, this is the nebulosity of the uh, mm-hmm. philosophy. Uh, but it, as long as you're brave enough to actually look at how things are, you can keep going forward, whatever the starting point is. Like if you're just brave enough to to look even in the directions that hurt, if the truth in is in that direction, it's it's a pretty good path. And you can always adjust as you learn more. Hello. Hey. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'd say. Yeah. Is it inappropriate to ask if that's a tattoo or a choker? Oh, it's, it's, it's just a choker. Yeah. (laughs) How do those things work? Are they like 3D printed? Do you stretch them over your head? I guess you wouldn't pull them up from your feet. So that's a stupid question. I mean, yeah, yeah. Over your head. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like fish line and it just stretches. Very clever, very clever things. And it doesn't feel uh, like no, not at all. Yeah, it 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 conforms to the uh, the motions of of your body. That's nice. So, how shall I address to you, Weft? Uh, you can use my um my name, Yenny. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um. Again, this might be inappropriate. 
what region do you hail from? You don't have to be too specific. I just want to know, like, your culture. Yeah, um, Finland in the right at the like almost at the Ar- Arctic Circle, Whoa. slightly, slightly below. You're way up there, then. Yeah. I have spoken with Vera, who uh, I don't know if you know her, but she's also f- in Finland and she's a detransitioner herself. And okay, not familiar with her, no. No. Um, she's got a YouTube channel. She's a very delightful person. Actually, I find okay. most Finnish people pretty delightful. <laughs> Finnish people are very polite, very considerate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how is your... Uh, How's your situation there? Because I know uh, you got a big, mean country just to the east of you. Is it? Oh, I'm right at the. I'm right at the uh, western um, shores of of Finland. So it's like, oh, I mean, we're safe over here. Okay, they're um, not gonna. There's a lot of Finland between me and Russia. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Russia between Russia and Russia too. <laughs> Um, so where would you, what would you like to cover? What would you like to concentrate on or start with? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's the, obviously the transitioning stuff. Uh, there's, um, uh, like the polycystic ovary syndrome and other, um, medical issues I've had, which really like link in with the, um, process of finding trans as like the next possible diagnosis and option to go for. Uh, it was a lo- long line of uh, almost like hypochondriac stuff, but also having chronic illnesses. So it's a strange mix to untangle. So polycystic ovary syndrome is yeah. what it sounds like. There's cysts upon the ovaries. I can't imagine that feels <laughs> terribly good. Yeah, it's it, it is um how it works is during the menstrual cycle, uh your you have cysts in your ovaries, which is normal. Like there's one uh egg that sort of develops and detaches. It detaches when the cyst bursts. Like that's that's just normal. It, it's not painful, it's it's a normal part of it as as far as I understand it. Um but that's dictated by the hormonal cycle and when that gets messed up uh they just don't burst or like you have eight at the same time or um and then that you get bursts of hormones as well when when it bursts so so there's like these little it's a very um imbalanced yeah thing going on very complex so it's like this little trampoline that's just like which is like these little cannons are firing <laughs> these ovaries. It's so insane. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, wow. mostly the issues it causes is um, like the periods themselves get very painful. There's, there's massive cramps. Uh, I, sometimes I had periods that were like three weeks long, just continuous, uh, very painful. I had to just lay in bed couldn't really do much and blood uh, loss yeah lots time. of blood loss um as well as like the pms is intense sometimes uh sometimes you you might have a normal period and then it's just like one week and then you have a period again 
very difficult to uh, uh, have expectations of like when when it's going to come. Yeah. yeah. And as how well old as, uh, were you when that started or went a little haywire? Oh, um, when your period starts, often they say like, oh, it takes a while to stabilize, like become regular. This never happened with me. So I got my period when I was 11 and it just never got sane. It was always just terrible. And I was like, okay, so this is, I guess what it is. Uh, but then around when I was 14, 15, uh, I just didn't have my period for like eight months, just suddenly, just, just nothing. Um, and I was too like freaked out to like talk to anyone about it. Because I felt like, well, I mean, it's just like, it's been irregular before. It'll it'll come up. It can't be that I'm pregnant because, I mean, I wasn't doing anything. Um, and then, like, eventually I had some other medical issue. And then I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I've, I've got this um, other thing. When the doctor was like, oh, is, is that everything? Yeah, that's, like, huge issue. Uh, can you also address this? We have five, five minutes to <laughs> talk it over. Uh, and the doctor was like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, we should look into this. And so at that point began a battery of tests. I, I suppose he's checking your, or the, the doctor is checking your hormone levels and your diet, yeah. I guess. Like where, where did you start strategizing? And you're 14 too. So, uh, are you pretty precocious? Are you pretty, uh, on your feet and, uh, um, really engage socially and can figure things out or you can yeah like or... yeah i was a yeah i was a sharp 14 year old okay. um and um yeah we had blood tests uh they did like an ultrasound of the ovaries and they were like yep there's the cysts we can see them this is obviously this uh they got me started on a like progesterone i think to get the, the period started again and after that, they put me on the contra contraceptive pill to then have a regular period. Mm -hmm. But they were like, we don't really know what causes it. We don't really know what to do about it. Um, you're going to still have weird periods, um, but this might help. And I just sort of accepted like, okay, well, I guess this is what you do with this. Hmm. What year is this? Just uh, so we can see the, the advancement of medical yeah, science let's, with let's regard see. to um, the female reproductive system. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say 2004, 2005, maybe. Okay. Um, hmm. Early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. And only only later on, when I was doing my own research, I found that it's most likely like a autoimmune disease. Uh, and it's linked with um, diabetes and uh, thyroid issues, which I also struggled with um, for years mm. and uh, and still am on medication for those. So no one, like none of the doctors explained that or maybe even knew that. Uh, so it was weird to be like, oh, wait, all of this is linked. Mm -hmm. uh, I can affect this with my diet and losing weight and hmm, okay. So your um, 
your path to, I guess, gaining control over your body was, well, I guess you, you accepted the medications, but you also did research and then you also dieted, you said, like you went on different kind of like meat only or vegetable only or. Yeah. I mean, something. yeah. Um, I only found out about the autoimmune stuff, uh, I think in my adulthood. Mm -hmm. And then I had like all these autoimmune paleo keto uh things trying to eliminate anything that might be like processed or high glycemic index or yeah. whatever may, seemed like it might make sense but even before that um i was also always very into the idea of like finding a good diet or like losing weight or like the purity of foods hmm. um which um I, I've had like the eating disordered uh, stages in my life. Hmm. Uh, it's like a, like a eating and health both seem like a, almost like a conspiracy, but it, like your body is, is the uh, evil party. Oh, wow. Like you got to figure out the right thing and maybe, maybe then you can like get on top of things and okay. fix everything. Yeah. Did you uh, discover anything in like hereditary, like the, this kind of stuff runs in your family? Oh yeah, yeah. My my family has kind of unfortunate genes. Like there's thyroid issues. Uh, there's mm, like arthritis. Uh, all sort of autoimmune things. Like some directly related, some just like in the cluster of um, things that can go wrong. Lots of like celiac disease or IBS or such. Hmm. Okay. And I guess you you guys have been Finnish for a, a while, so your your family's been Fen forever, kind of thing. Like so yeah, oh oh yeah, yeah. In like that, that area, same kind of diet and and weather patterns for ages. Absolutely, yeah. Just yeah. dairy farmers literally on the same spot of land uh, for the past 300 years at least wow like uh that's that's how far the records go it's it's the same house actually oh like, really the actual same house um oh, wow. so tight tight roots in that area and i think okay. that that doesn't help with the bad genetics because i feel like the same bad genes keep circulating in in a small town mm mm-hmm so I guess in so you go through your teen years and I can see that your body is like angry with you or something like that you're trying to figure out like what is this thing it possesses me or whatever it's punishing me yeah. for what and uh, you already said that you're pretty uh, sharp so you have a pretty engaged mind and stuff so oh yeah maybe prone to a little bit obsessive behavior because it's so oppressive so you're trying yeah. to wrestle with it. Yeah. Um, like, I um, I was always very keen on, like, being analytical and looking for Im information myself to the point where, like, adults around me would be just like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you seem to know best. Uh, sounds like you know about this. Yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah, great. The doctors uh, or your parents? Even the doctors, yeah. When oh. when um, I've got um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, EDS, uh, which also has ailed me my whole life. Hmm. 
when that was being diagnosed, um, the doctors thought it might be arthritis. And I had to do my research online to even tell them, like, this is a disease that exists and it matches perfectly with my symptoms. Can we, like, check this? And they were like, huh. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll send you a specialist to a specialist who has heard about this. And then the specialist was like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're like, you're a classic um, case of EDS. And, and this was like, I was, I was 31. Uh, t- 21 when when I had a doctor say like yeah you're right when I had issues since I was three okay like chronic pain yeah chronic pain uh, joints like popping out of place uh, getting very fatigued um, hmm. needing a lot of rest uh, brain fog if I do too much hmm. just weird issues that didn't fully seem connected with like each other but then the uh, big picture was EDS. And what's the treatment, or is that still underdeveloped? Uh, it's a it is a genetic illness. So what it does is um, uh, the the gene that tells your body how to make collagen just doesn't work right. Um, and collagen is in every soft tissue of your body, like everything, blood cells, um, brain cells, uh, muscles, skin. Hmm. So it's all kind of like tears easily or it's very stretchy or it doesn't um, heal well. There's micro tears in your muscles after um, even the lightest exercise. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're always yeah. healing every exertion. Yeah, always, always healing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I found that eating a lot of protein helps because my body is just like constantly healing from damage. Um, I once watched a documentary of a um, marathon runner who did 10 marathon runs like consecutively. And by day three, she was having the sort of issues that I have after like a two hour walk. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm not just, like, lazy and um, uh, <laughs> um, hmm. unwilling to exercise. There's like a, yeah, okay, makes sense that I'm kind of wary. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. So just all these different stacking issues. There's so much yeah. stress that you're under. And yeah. How did you deal with that as a teenager? Like, did you find places to disappear into books, movies, TVs? I mean, like yeah, yeah. I was, I was very much like um, living in my brain rather than in my body because I was, I was fully under the um, impression that I'm just like a lazy person. I, I am an, um, <laughs> like a, like a lone wolf who doesn't want to hang out with people. When the real reason was it's exhausting just sitting up or talking for for a long time. Um, or like walking to places with friends and then feeling like, oh, I'm completely wiped out. Uh, why? Oh, it must be because I'm a, I'm an introvert. Like, it just didn't cross my mind that there's a real reason for the the my behavior. I guess mm-hmm. like uh, seeking rest and seeking healing mm-hmm. things. So a lot of internet. Um, yeah. A lot of books. I was going to ask about the internet. Where, where did you begin oh, yeah. your internet journey? <laughs> um, yeah, we. Uh, I was ten. We got a um, like a broadband internet connection. Uh, first, I was using it to just uh, make like 
schoolwork easier. Like the first thing I Googled was, um, well, it was Alta Vista, not Google, uh, was hedgehogs. What do they eat uh, to, to make a, like a, like a very innocent, very, very easy thing uh, to deal with. But then soon after I was like, okay, I am into Harry Potter. I want to look up Harry Potter websites. And some of them were just like quizzes of, of like, which Harry Potter house do you belong in? Which character would you be? And then very soon after it was like, okay, here's, here's like shipping fiction, uh, completely inappropriate, um, like manga style art of the characters, mm. uh, and then I was like, oh, okay, there's this like cool edgy stuff like this. Okay, let's let's go down this rabbit hole. Okay. That was enticing then, the fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fan fiction and the art styles that weren't just um boring and normal. There were like there were vampires, there were um yeah. Hmm. Very edgy. And did you um find like your creative juices excited to did you begin to write uh fiction oh yourself? yeah yeah i um i've always been drawing and i actually uh i'm a comic artist like i went to art school for comics i'm a graphic designer uh i've just always been drawing a lot it was also a very good way of es- escaping just my body other than for the fact that um like my wrists and fingers would start hurting if I drew too much. So often I was like saving up the, like the um, action points of my body to do the most rewarding things like, okay, drawing, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the library and find this book on this thing so I can get better at drawing or find Mm -hmm. weird information. So you had to be very frugal with your energy. You had to count your steps in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's um have you heard about the spoon theory? No. Is that when you cuddle with somebody um in your head? <laughs> no, this I'm is kidding. This Sorry. is uh in the chronic illness circles. Uh I found about this on Tumblr. Uh the spoon theory is um this was a way of someone with I think like lupus explaining to her friend why it is that she has like trouble doing the things that most people do. Like if if a normal person has twenty spoons to use uh, during a day, like like you have to pay a spoon to do action. Uh, this was at a cafe, so it's, it was spoons that they had on the table. Uh, you have to use a spoon to do an action, like oh, one spoon for showering and one for making a healthy breakfast and one for biking to work. Um, maybe like three for the whole work day if it's if it's a hard day. Whereas someone with a chronic illness, uh, it might be that they start with five spoons and showering takes two spoons. Like they have to really uh, consider what is valuable, what is necessary and what they can sort of gamble on based on like how rough the previous day has been, how how well they recover. Uh, and uh, I've, I find it a good good metaphor for like, yeah, this, this is less less energy to go around um and you have to be uh you have to make difficult decisions sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but and from an early age you already kind of sensed that and so you would spend it on 
creativity whenever you could. Yeah, creativity and like absorbing information, just learning about everything and thinking about stuff. Because even if you're completely out of um, physical energy, you can you can just lie in bed and think about things, or come up with your own theories, or uh, ruminate on on the weird things that your body is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more energy for that. And you mentioned brain fog. Would that occur even if you weren't physically active? Just like uh, yeah, I, I do find that um, like reading difficult text or being in an environment that's noisy or difficult to focus on, it strains uh, my brain focus energy. Mm-hmm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And so how did your uh, intellectual slash internet life uh, develop over your teen years and, and into your 20s? Uh, yeah, I, oh, it's kind of almost like the classic detransitioning, um, like a lot of fan fiction, a lot of like um, not safe for work uh, fiction, anime, manga, um, uh, Lots of like chat rooms and forums and IRC groups um, where you would just talk with people with the same sort of fandom enthusiasm. Um, And just like those being places where you can post art as well and getting validation for the art Mm -hmm. and uh, people telling telling you that, okay, you're good at something uh, when otherwise you might not be... um, like, even though, yeah, I had friends, they found me likable, I enjoyed spending time with them. But when you, like, have no car to use and you have to walk everywhere, you have to make the decision of, like, well, do I want to go there and hang out or do I just want to stay home and recover for for the next day? Yeah. So a lot of just, like, fictional worlds and fictional characters and... uh yeah, anime. Anime was a big thing. It, what's the school side of things like for you? Was uh, do you guys go full year? Like, do you have summers off? Like, how's your school? Uh, yeah, we have a long summer vacation. It's 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 like two months. Um, uh, yeah, school. I did find like I enjoyed school. I enjoyed knowing what to do in school. Like they just give you a thing and then you do it and it is yeah. always easy, uh, which which made me feel good about myself. It's like, oh, I'm I'm good at this thing. It's it's fun to be efficient and um, like smart mm-hmm. and stuff. And then I never had like much homework to do at home, so I was free to just indulge in in the internet mm-hmm. um, most of the time. Um, but yeah, I I was very um, like uh, in high school. I, I just I was just a goth. I I 
I even had a phase where I decided I'm not going to smile at school because it's not cool. That's so precious. <laughs> People will think I'm like a like a basic person if I if I mm. like I'm, I'm I'm amused at normal people's stuff. Uh, yeah. Teenagers are weird. <laughs> We're so yeah, weird it's it's just like the weirdest weirdest things that you're obsessed over, like that no one else would even like, notice. Like, why would they? Yeah. Why would they be keeping track of that? And so, did you get involved in like like I I know on Tumblr during this phase there was a, kind of an outburst of like self harm kind of fetishization, especially for teen girls. Did were you attracted to that kind of stuff, or was it more just kind of like the aesthetic, a little bit like I'm going to be frowny? Yeah, for, well, for it was um, it was the eating disorder of things. Like I found my way to pro anorexia blogs. Uh, and this was way back in like 2002, 2003, uh, through mm. this website called DeviantArt, which was a place to post um, uh, like art, digital art, um, also sort of like fandom things. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were people like posting like uh, Thinspiration selfies and stuff. Wow. Uh, and through that, I was like, oh, this seems interesting. Like, this is, um, um, like, even then I had the idea, like, okay, self-harming is embarrassing because, like, then people will know that you are struggling with things. Like, I never wanted to share any of my, like, um, darker feelings or thoughts yeah. with people. And it's like, okay, if you're self-harming or if you're suicidal, people will know that there's something wrong and they will try to stop you. Uh, but like the anorexia blogs, they had all these lists of like, here's ways to make people think that you're eating while you're not eating. And here's ways to like hide the fact that you're losing weight uh, if people are getting worried. Uh, and it felt like a very clever way to like be in control of something, have a, have a, also like have a way to have control over my body when in other ways it was just, not under my under my rule mm -hmm. and also yeah. there's this uh the psychology of that of being almost like having an inside joke with yourself yeah mm -hmm. yeah like it's you're like, cooler than everybody else you have so, you have a secret yeah you know? you're you're like a special kind of person almost like you're the you're the main character in a movie like they don't know about your internal monologue but like you're there writing a diary entry in your in your head for later mm -hmm. um, and very um yeah narrowing your like not even considering what other people are thinking just very much as like how do i seem how would that this look like to a person who who would look at me from the outside mm -hmm. knowing what i know hmm. and how did uh did that escalate or were you able to like cut that off at the pass? Because I know like thinspiration, eventually you're just going to become a skeleton, right? So. Yeah, I, I, I lost a lot of weight, but the thing is I, I was already plump to start with. So I was merely like, uh, like complimented for it. Or, or like family members would, would say like, Oh, I wish I, I, I had the, um, 
uh, willpower to, yeah, to yeah. yeah oh like oh you're doing so good and i was like you, you people don't even understand that i'm i'm like uh having a rough time mm. or like n- not even that just like the like the angst uh Roman romanticism was kind of drained by the fact that people didn't even understand almost like the aesthetic of suffering in a certain way like hmm. it, it was a yeah a very weird goth kind of take yeah. on the uh, inspiration just for cultural context is your culture where you grew up are people pretty uh I guess keep a lot under wraps, like uh, very reserved. Is there a lot oh, of sharing? Yeah. Is there places to go where you can discuss feelings, or everybody keeps it? Oh no, it, it was uh, um, very. Um, people are very private, and I grew up. Um, I was born in 1990, so I grew up during the rec- like a like a depression in Finland, and my family was like we were poor we were eating just like potatoes grown in our backyard uh and that's about like uh, very uh not 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 wealthy not not um hmm. not having a lot of things um and it was a stressful time and no one like everyone was going through it so no one wanted to talk about it because like what are you gonna do everyone um is struggling financially it's not something you like ask your friend about like, oh, I'm having this rough patch of time. What should I do when you know they're also going through it? Like not Finnish people don't want to burden others with negative things or positive things. Like it's just like, ah, oh, I mean, uh, I don't want to call my friend. They might be like busy with something else or I don't want to visit them. They, they, they might have to clean up if I decide to come over and just sort of staying back at least where i grew up um it was a that was like the polite thing and i'm uh one wonders to what extent uh growing up or developing like your body developing in in impoverished times has cascading effects with your health oh i i imagine it has like uh, i would imagine that would more easily trigger eating uh, disorders because I was just eating carbs growing up for for the most part mm-hmm. uh, and that's especially with my body just healing all the time I would yeah. I needed the protein so I think yeah. that might um, flip some epigenetic switch to to say just like okay you gotta you gotta get the things though like make sure you get everything um, yeah or getting weird about is there um, fish fishing industry near you at all or it's just kind of far not really yeah. not really i mean um I, I live by the sea but it's it's weirdly uh, lacking like there's there's only a few kinds of fishes and it's hard to get them fresh it's uh, dairy dairy is the big thing oh, okay uh, Finland has so much dairy uh, industry and production and cows everywhere when I grew up. Like that's how, hmm. that's how I get your protein. Were you, did you interact with animals? Uh, with oh yeah. Um, yeah. I grew up in a little rural town where there were um, several 
dairy farms. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd play with the neighborhood kids and we'd like pet the cows. Um, they were they were part of the landscape. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents had a farm, but they uh, they sold all of their cows uh, around the time I was born because it was a lot of work, uh, and they just just um, did like grain farming. Uh, oats, oats and such, because that's way easier than being responsible for animals as well as kids. How big is your family? How many uh, siblings? Just for context, uh, I have I have three siblings, uh, and that's a small family on the um, um, the scale of both my like extended family and the village I grew up in, uh, because. Um, my my mom, for example, has twelve siblings. Oh wow! And most of them have around ten or fifteen kids each, and uh, wow. it's four four kids is not a lot compared to that. Particularly religious or a religious? Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there's a type of um, Christian sect, I believe, that that has a particular religious beliefs about. Uh, Odin and no con- Vikings. Hmm? Uh. <laughs> no, it's it, it is it is fully Christian, but it's um, uh, it's called Lestadianism in English, I believe. Huh. It's a very um, very Finnish um, form. It, does and, it trace itself through the Reformation or through Catholicism? Like if you were oh, to it's, balance it's, those it's fully like it's Lutheran, okay, Lutheran yeah. based. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's full um, on procreate, procreate. Yeah, it's like contraception not allowed. Uh, marriage before, um, I mean, sex before marriage not allowed. Uh, other weird rules like no makeup, no pop music or dancing, uh, no TVs, um, no competitive sports, which I find the most interesting. Hmm. Like only sports for fun, no, no competition. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, this this. Okay, and uh, it, did that form? Uh, what kind of relationship was that between, like, you growing up and having that in the background? And maybe the anorexia was like kind of like a religious extension of self control in the Protestant kind of way. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Like the um, eating disorder and just the urge to like wanting to do more all the time, like the Lutheran work ethic, that was a big thing, uh, especially with the farms around, like you had your day job and then you had a farm to run. So everyone was just working all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, it definitely affected my like, um, uh, my feelings of being different from everyone else. Uh, when... Because Most your, of your the, energy level is so low, you're automatically yeah. out of the loop. Yes. It's just like, okay, Unless everyone they're... is doing all sorts of things. I'm I'm not participating in them. Uh, and then me having time to think about stuff a lot meant that I started questioning religious views like, super early in life. Like I was like six when I was like, hold on. If this is like this, then why is this? Uh but no one was willing to like engage in those discussions because there was like, no, 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 this is just how it is. Which just made me go like, Hmm, I, I don't trust these people. Like, like I don't trust adults 
to tell me things as they are like this. It's suspicious that they are avoiding certain topics. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to not respect the people who just say like, no, you, you just got to believe this or just do things this way. Uh, Which is also a perfectly Protestant thing to to go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just questioning and finding your own kind of um, views. Very Protestant. Very, yeah. Uh, keeps mutating. Mm. Yeah. And I, I would say, um, like, the gender stuff was also influenced by this because the gender roles were quite rigid. Like, yes. men would do the, their own things. Like, they'd be doing hunting and farming and big machinery and fixing cars and not showing any emotion, uh, et cetera. Even, uh, and women, even less women than the would women. Have, <laughs> yeah. Women would have, like, ten children and also milk the cows and uh, like keep the house tidy and yeah. not go to college most of the time because like why go to college when you're getting married at like 19 and getting kids immediately and none of that sounded very good to me because um, I, I was very hungry for information just like so, so this is like all that life is. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know about this like woman thing. I doesn't seem very good, based on what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Just a weird question. Are there like cool little like uh, traditions? Like I, I was reading last last spring. I'm sorry to bring this up. I don't know why. <laughs> there's like there's this uh, Nordic tradition where the uh, the uh, on the Easter day. The boys will find the prettiest girl and dunk her in water or, like, throw water on her. Like, there's just these weird kind of anachronistic traditions. Oh, like. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, on Midsummer, you do that sort of thing. Like, lots of, like, love magic and um, finding your future spouse um, reflected in the well. Like, like weird fertility magic spells. Yeah. Uh, and then during Easter, we actually, we don't do trick-or-treating on halloween we do it on easter uh by dressing up as witches and then blessing the houses that we go to and then getting candy in ba back and then doing like a big bonfire to like symbolically burn the witches oh, wow. uh, it's, what, uh, what is the, the the attire of the witches how would uh oh like a like a like a babushka like like big scarf and uh lots of layers and having an apron on mm. that sort of like old, old crone type of imagery mm -hmm. were you attracted to that or to cosplay at all to i guess goth oh, yeah. was a, a form of dressing up like yeah, a like witch a, perhaps yeah i was into <laughs> i was into goth i was into like uh elegant gothic lolita type stuff like the Japanese, like super frilly, like made style stuff. And I actually made my own costumes, which again, very embarrassing thinking back, uh, just like wearing like aprons and stuff to school when everyone else was just like pretty like hmm. staying safely in the mainstream Um were you bullied at all, or is there is that not a thing that happens in your land? Um, or is it just like kind of social derision, kind of low level? I feel like I feel like I was bullied, but didn't realize it back, <laughs> back then. Like I, I suspect I, I'm on some 
uh, some part of the autistic spectrum, like especially back as as a teenager, as a kid, I was as clueless about a lot of things. So I feel like I was bullied, but didn't realize it, and it didn't bother me. And like that made me a very boring target because people would be like, "Ah." Oh, you look like uh, something, something. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going for. Thank you. <laughs> Just completely flying over my head. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, actually, yeah, cosplaying. Uh, I never did cosplaying because there were no events to go to. Like, yeah. what, where would I cosplay? Um, the uh, goth stuff is already kind of extreme for school. But I would, like, look at all these forums of, of cosplayer photos and them going to events or or just like otaku anime fan stuff and through that i found out about uh, found out about like cross players and people like cosplaying as the opposite gender and then there being like subsections for tips how to how to bind your chest or how to talk when you're doing a, a female cosplay as a guy or um or people just like talking about how how exciting or fun it feels to to like get dressed up and be complimented by people and i was like oh that's hmm there's something there something about this has like a whole hmm. so before we go all the way into the gender thing via anime how did the uh, anorexia did it resolve or did it kind of uh, uh, get swapped out with something else and come back or uh, yeah, um, it sort of evolved into like a uh, like atypical binge eating type stuff. Like I never never had like bulimia, but I did have like binging or I, I still don't know how to like relax and eat like a normal person. You just uh, eat seven sausages that. and then yeah, take like a nap kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, it might be just like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to buy something right now because I need it right now. Or or, or try to control my eating a lot, like orthorexic type stuff. Again, because of the like autoimmune stuff and mm-hmm. uh, the beliefs I have around that, whether they're true or not. Um, sometimes it's like, okay, I need to avoid this. I need to avoid certain things to feel better. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, it's got to be yeah, so difficult. It, Your body's sending you so many different, so much information, like hunger, pain, all this stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. It's very difficult that? to get a get a get a grasp of like, okay, what's just like a stress um, induced response? What's gut health? What's stomach? What's gastric um, like reflux stuff? Mm. And I try not to obsess too much about it because. Like obviously, getting more stress doesn't help if if there's any stress-induced uh, reactions. But yeah, the anorexic phase was it was less than a year. Like I lost a lot of weight and then found it just too draining to um, like keep that willpower up. It's just sort of, I guess, like the the natural instinct to stay alive kicked in uh, harder than than just my my uh my will to get skinny yeah and i think um like finding out about all the gender stuff was a way to like move from wanting to be skinny and modifying my body to wanting to be like 
genderless or okay. not a woman okay. and modifying my body that way. Like it felt more feasible. So it wasn't the, the idea or the attractor wasn't to become a man so much as oh, to no. rid yourself of the yeah, burdens yeah. of women. At some, sometimes I think like, ah, uh, I relate a lot to these like anime boys, these like, uh, like gay shipping anime video game character uh, dynamics. Like, ah, uh, it must be that I want to be a cute boy. But then when I thought about like, okay, testosterone, no, no, not, I do not want any of the effects that testosterone would give me. Uh, I don't want to be seen as a guy. I don't want to do guy things. I'm not like, like not even tomboy, like not, no, none of that. It was just like, oh, uh, being a woman just feels like, uh, like, what do I get out of it? Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I, I can, I can see, and I'm kind of psychologizing and I know this and I don't mean to put it on you. I'm just kind of interpreting, like putting myself in the, in the headspace of where you would be and seeing your body, like this, not just a burden and then social role also burden. And you're like, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? Yeah. And then the medical system's not necessarily helping you out. Yeah. Either. Um, only like... In Finland, we have a public healthcare system, which means it costs you very little money to get anything treated, uh, if anything, but you have to wait for a long time. Um, so like ER, sure, you, you, you get in like, you have to wait for like four hours and then you see a doctor, unless it's like you cut off your hand or something like actually urgent. Um, but then if you have like, um, like me with my thyroid, when that started acting up, like what age? How old uh, you? Uh, that was around the same time as the PCOS, like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 14, okay. Um, and like I, 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 I visibly had like a like a lump. Goiter, yeah. Yeah, uh, and even for that, even though it was super obvious that it's like it's my thyroid or something worse, um, I had to wait like three months to see. A specialist and then they had blood tests and then i had to wait several weeks again and then they gave me some medication and, and there was very little like uh one-on-one -on -one follow up it was just like okay we'll check your uh blood tests in a year we'll see if it worked oh, wow. like like it's uh, it's a very burden system yeah therefore no one has time to really dig into things like one of the like <laughs> almost like power fantasies of my youth was watching house MD and being like, Oh, I wish, I wish the uh, medical care worked like this. Like you have like 18 <laughs> tests done right then. We, yeah. we have to get to the bottom of this. A brilliant uh, asshole doctor. That's yeah. Like I don't hero. even care if the doctor is rude. <laughs> I just, he's going to solve it for me. Someone cares about my body. Yeah. Not, not a lot of that um, in the Finnish system. And just a sub note, thyroid is closely linked to your energy levels as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just, I was, um, I was super tired when that was going on. I was, it's like, I looked gaunt. Um, it was, it was, uh, there was something clearly wrong with my health. Hmm. 
Was there, we don't have to get into this if you don't want, but it, was there wiggle room and sympathy from your family? Were you given room or were you put pressure on to like perform and to get over it and stuff? Oh, um, it was um, very little sympathy because they also had chronic illness uh, and have chronic illness and um, low energy levels and a lot on their plate because they actually had, you know, jobs and the farm yeah. and uh, us as four kids. Uh, like my mom has arthritis and fibromyalgia and endometriosis and also thyroid issues and uh, um, she's had her knee joints replaced and her jaw joints just like remolded like uh, she's also not a very healthy person Uh, and my dad has um, uh, the EDS issues with like joints like lots of just like tendon snapping all the time um that's that what it looks like for him uh so everyone was just like stressed about getting everything done all the time so if if someone's saying like oh i don't want to do this i'm sore my back is sore then my parents would be like well that's nice but like have you noticed how we are like carrying on even though we are sore Mm-hmm. Like very little sympathy, mm-hmm. even to the point where um, sometimes when I'd have to go to the ER, they'd be like, oh, but it's the weekend. Like, do you need to like go now? Can you wait until like Monday and go to the school nurse? When it's like, I, I literally cannot walk because my um, like I'd have like my knee um, caps would dislocate or get um, inflammated. And they'd be like, oh, this again, uh, do we need to? Which is like a not not a great way to uh, learn how to relate to your body. Yeah. Wow. Would you say that they kind of have a a fighting spirit packaged in that? Like, oh, even yeah. though it's kind yeah, of pretty like, harsh and demanding on you, but there's got to be some grit there. There's got to be the a, oh, a, yeah. a will to to survive. Yeah. That. Yeah. 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 You don't just lay down and go like, oh, I'm I'm a weak victim. I. I oof. Oh, I simply couldn't when the things actually need to get done. So it's easier just to do it yourself than to influence someone into doing it for you when you don't have the money to pay for services. And I'm wondering when you get into the gender stuff, how closely linked is it to what the Americans call social justice activism or SJWs and stuff? Because a lot of the SJW stuff is based on we're oppressed, we're oppressed, we're oppressed. And I'm wondering when you meet that from your own perspective, culturally and personally, like where that confluence is and how you reacted to that. Yeah, definitely during the Tumblr era, um, like I got onto Tumblr around 2011, I believe, when I went to art school. Um, And like by 2015, I was like, yes, I am fully social justice warrior. Um, uh, No one understands the the troubles I am going through. Therefore, I need to demand um, help for the classes of people I represent. So I don't need to ask it for just myself, but Mm. like to make social reform okay yeah less so during my like teenage years because um you didn't really have that you had the like like new atheists 
yeah. instead of the social justice warriors. So they were more which, like deconstructing uh, Christianity rather than reconstructing. Yeah, they, they, they the hadn't gotten all the way to politics uh, in that way yet. Yeah. Oh, wow. But uh, not to make light at all of your story, but you're just, your your life is overlaying a very interesting period in, you know, kind of internet history and you're kind of right yeah. there. Yeah, I feel like I'm always right there when big things happen, like it's it, it's starting to get kind of weird being like, oh, again, I'm, I'm pioneering this. This <laughs> must mean that I'm just online too much. I... <laughs> yeah, always at some frontier. I... I... We're we're headed towards the gender stuff, and thank you for uh, being so open. And if if you want to uh, stop or pause, we can we can wrap it up and, oh, and yeah. pick it up later, um, or or just wrap it up completely. Why did you choose art school, and uh, is, was that culturally accepted, or were you kind of being the weird one, like oh she's she's the black sheep going off to art school? Yeah, I yeah I was definitely um, being being weird about it. Uh, all of my like school counselors were saying like, uh, like study counselors uh, were saying you could get into like any university in Finland, like just pick one, apply, you're going to get in. Like you, you, you got, you got the grades. Um, but I was, I was so burned out. Like I was actually burned out. I, I barely managed the final exams that you need, uh, need to do. And this is at, what, 16 or 17? Uh, 18. Okay. 18 was when I wanted those. Like, I didn't have energy for anything other than school. Um, I had to quit almost all of my hobbies uh, that I did, like, uh, like oil painting classes and dance classes and everything that wasn't at home. Uh, I just quit because... I was like, oh, I need to, I need to get good grades to get somewhere. But then when I had the grades, I was like, I, I can't. Like, if I apply for universities, I need to do, um, like entrance exams on top of the exams we did at the end of the school. And I just, I was defeated by the idea. I just couldn't. Um, uh, but um, since like I was fifteen or sixteen, I'd been following these cosplayers and anime artists in Finland doing like autobiography comics blogs. It was a big scene back then, like like a huge scene. And most of them went to this um, art school and did comics about like, oh, this teacher said this today and we were learning about this today and I had this relationship issue. And it was like a parasocial uh, relationship almost. Like, oh yeah, I could be friends with these people if I went to this school. Um, and it seemed like a lot of fun. There were people that seemed like my group of people. And you didn't need to do any entrance exams. They took in any student who had like any artistic capacity. Um, and I, I was just like, yeah, I just want to move out of my parents' house, go to art school, think about what I want to do, hang out with cool people. Just like, I have almost like a gap year, but it's, um, it's just art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, is all these, this in like, the big city too? Down, uh, no, this was also like a tiny little town, like, um, like, a, yeah, small town 
not even like a college. It was just like, um, uh, we have this thing called vocational, no, um, folk school, which is kind of like, some people say it's like community college. Like you can just pick classes or do random things, but it's often, uh, you don't get a degree from it. It's just something you do. Uh, mostly it's just like for a year or evening classes. Uh, and this was one of those, like it was just, you just come there to actually learn or work, work on a project, mm -hmm. uh, but you don't get anything out of it uh, degree wise. So, so I thought like, I'll go there and then do something real. Like once I'm feeling better about life. Yeah. And financially, would you have to get a job? You move there, get a job, or do you, was that kind of paid for by? Uh, the government gives like a allowance for students. A stipend. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I was able to get by with that, and my parents uh, giving me a little little spending money. Hmm. Very, uh, very reasonable prices. Was it everything so you I, hoped it would be? Uh, I mean, it was. It was uh, exciting. Um, it was like the first time I was meeting people who were weirder than me without being like actually like criminally um, dangerous. <laughs> like in my small town, it was like, yeah, you're normal or like you're, you're the town drunk or, or even the village idiot. Like that's the category. There's nothing like really in between. There's no artists. Eccentric. No, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like you move out of, out, out, out of town if you're that weird. And this this was like where all the weird kids were going, and um, especially because you didn't need to clear any exams to get there, it was all the like misfits and dropouts and uh, yeah. mentally ill kids who couldn't like really figure out what else to do, which was a um, sounds not like the Evergreen. Best. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> maybe not the best peer group to actually access. But like, in many ways, it was valuable. Like, mm -hmm. actually getting to relax my like uh, very badly working mask of being normal because I mean that that never that never worked. Mm -hmm. And is this where the gender stuff starts to accumulate? And actually, being in that social environment, did that kind of pull you a little bit out of the internet and into? All right. Yeah, it, it, it pulled me out of the like online communities into the like making my own um, comics blog of my own life, which was um, uh, slightly better than just like reading about Harry Potter fanfic stuff. Yeah. And it was like it was real people. It, it made me seek out like social situations to have funny things to write about. Hmm. Uh, and like I, I found a, a groups of friends to actually discuss the weird things that I knew about and was interested in, uh, like just like science or linguistics or um, weird theories. Uh, because in my small town, everyone was like, oh, that, that, "That's nice. Let's let's switch the topic." Hmm. Uh, I don't. I think that was. Um, I was there for two years. Um, I meant to be just one year, but it, it, it turned into two years because I couldn't figure out what to do next. And then uh, on the second year, I started having aspirations to be a like animator. 
but that uh, really ruined my like wrists and hands. Like I I couldn't keep up with the workload of my like what my ambitions dictated I should be doing. Yeah, you didn't have enough spoons. And I didn't, yeah, didn't have the spoons, didn't let myself recover. Uh, was just like anxious about falling behind all the time. Oh, wow. Comparing myself to like international artists and uh, like animators and comic artists. Yeah. And, like Osamu Tezuka, like, oh, oh, he was working 14 hours a day. I, I should I should have that kind of efficiency. Um, and then... Um, from then on, like, mm, because I built my identity on being a cool artist, and then I couldn't do art as much, uh, it started messing with me. Uh, after those two years, I went to a school for animation and game design and such. Uh, and I had to drop out of that because my health got so bad that I was just, I was sick all the time. I was um, in pain. I had to have, like, injections of like relaxing painkillers into my muscles because they just wouldn't relax otherwise they were just tense for days um and yeah i just had to like i need to i need to drop out this is too much i need to like escape from the world um and i moved back into my tiny little town so that my parents could like help me do all the things i felt like i didn't have the energy to do I lived in a little apartment on my own, but like they would help with shopping and uh, stuff. And that's that's really the time when I really sunk into Tumblr and gender stuff and social justice uh, issues. And uh, you can make a difference. Uh, you can't change your own circumstances. Yeah, it's but like maybe you can. Yeah, like I I cannot do much with my body, but I can like. I can raise awareness and I can um, normalize things. And <laughs> hmm. there's, there's so much you can do online. Oh, it's, 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 it's great. And from there, uh, like I started hanging out with um, all these like indie game designers, a lot of which were like trans girls. Wait, Gamergate's uh, going to happen. Hmm? Gamergate's about to happen in this timeline, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like the the golden months and years before um, Gamergate and all, all that. Uh, when people started asking, like, are indie games, is this really art? Uh, and it was, it was really the, like, artistic games um, these people were making. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll also be, like, a depressed... Um, Hikikomori, uh, game designer. Yeah, sounds sounds great. Maybe I could have a Patreon where people give me fifteen dollars um, if I do things like. Hmm. Uh, my future horizon was very capped by yeah. by the uh, physical stuff and mental stuff. And uh, yeah, that was around like two thousand and fifteen, uh, and I was just like, I was actually going nuts, like. <laughs> I barely saw people. I didn't want to go anywhere. I, I didn't trust people who weren't like social justice minded. Mm -hmm. Everything felt like a microaggression uh, with, mm -hmm. with family. Like, oh, they don't understand. And they would never understand all the stuff that I think about all the time. And uh, hmm. so just to highlight this, the social justice ideology, though it was giving you um, access to doing something and to feeling important, it also... 
yeah. uh, limited your, I guess, your horizon. And then also contributed to obsessive behaviors, to negative, uh, projecting negativity on the world and just burdening, yeah. burdening, burdening. The world was very scary. It was either like people who hate women or LGBT people or chronically ill people or... Um, furries. Like autistic, ADHD, yeah, furries, uh, all sorts of internet perverts that were at danger of, of not being normalized. Um, hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, climate change, uh, like American political stuff really felt important to me back then because that's what all the uh, English speaking users were talking about and freaking out about. Like, oh no, there was a school shooting here, or oh no, there's this protest here, which has like very little to do with my physical surroundings. Like, like I am not a danger of american threats like that but it felt like oh it's 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 like right outside the door it's it's, it's uh, i need to care about everything because that's the one thing i can do oh no hmm. yeah and uh i obsessed about like zero waste uh like not allowing myself to like buy plastic things or uh eat meat because it's bad for the environment just like everything was like okay what is bad and how do i remove it rather than like what do i want to go towards there was no like i want this other than for the like i want to escape the way my body is i want to like become different somehow because this is awful everything's awful nothing's gonna get better Wow, it's yeah. It just sounds like an advanced staged Protestantism, like like all of those. <laughs> yeah, uh, they gelled well together. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. And how did the gender thing then plug into that? Uh, yeah. It was um, I I like it would go on and off ever since my like ever since I was like 12 or something. Like sometimes I'd be like, yeah, I'm definitely not like other girls. I'm like androgynous or maybe I need to be a boy to, to be happy. And then being like, uh, I'm just going to be like normal. That feels better. And then going like, ah, oh, but like I am different. Maybe am I like, am I bisexual? Is that, is that, gonna, that no, that's not if, enough to cover all of this. Um, and then once I was like, in the online spaces and nowhere in the real life spaces just created this bubble of like yeah actually uh there's so many trans people and like oh this like non-binary thing i think that's when i found the language for for that before that it was just like i'm androgynous i'm like neutral uh it wasn't like a solid category it was like well i'm i'm like gender transgender back then when i was looking into it it was like you were transsexual or transgender which is like the hazy weird group but then yeah in, in 2015 it was like ah oh, non-binary yes that sounds like like the thing uh and the trans people i was hanging out with were like yeah it does sound like like you are distressed by your gender and it is it is valid to be non-binary and like you don't need to uh, like go through the path that gatekeepers want you to go through, like with the full transition. Like you don't need to do. Like you can just pick and choose 
Mm-hmm. Or if you can't, you need to like protest online to make it happen that the laws are changed. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so there's this like a way to there's like this hope of life being different somehow. Uh by the um not through my actions, but through like other people doing things. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't believe I could do anything differently anymore. I, like I felt like I'd done everything, even though I absolutely hadn't. You're like what twenty two? Out of energy. Yeah, like uh twenty hold on, twenty twenty five. Okay. Yeah, and that's like I, 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 I dyed my hair pink, and I, uh, yeah. Well, this, a splashy color. It's like ex- exploring with my identity, hmm. and then um, I started feeling like, like that was the first time I had like actual suicidal, like ideation. Like I'd find myself, um, like I'd be driving a car. And then think like, oh, now if I crashed into that like beam there, I think that would be like a clear kill. And I'm like, hold on, what? I, I, I don't care to die. What? Where is this coming from? Um. And there's like, I, that's when I sought out like a like a mental health nurse that I could talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like scared me so much that I decided like, oh, it must be the gender stuff. Like, it must be that, like, that seems like something I can do something about because my body, uh, that's just like a mess. That's always going to be horrible. And there's no point in salvaging anything there. Um, and uh, it so happened that one of my online friends from the capital city, Helsinki, had a roommate move out. And they were thinking about getting a ro- roommate. And I was like, what is stopping me from going to Helsinki and seeking out um the uh like diagnosis for gender stuff and i thought like yeah that you know what no one's gonna stop me anymore uh it's like no one was stopping me from okay but but sure but it felt like okay it's time to like um get away from my parents who will never understand me. And uh, like a lot of that sort of thinking, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. these are the people who get it. I don't need to explain anything to them. They just accept me and they validate me. And yeah, from from then on, it was just like all of my friends in Helsinki, they were queer. Um, I didn't go uh, to much places during the week, but every Thursday there was this like trans support group meeting which was like my only way of socializing outside of the house. Uh, online, I was still talking to queer people. Um, a lot of the artists who I met in art school were also like getting into like being some kind of queer. Mm-hmm. Either they, they'd like been um, identifying as like um, some orientation or they were just like, hey, yeah, non-binary. Yeah, trans identity. Yeah, that sounds good. So it felt like, ah, oh, we are, again, at the frontier of things. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're enlightened. We get it. Uh, we need to plow the path for those who don't yet know how to become happy in the world. Hmm. And yeah, it was it was very obsessed around um, 
like oh what what procedures are you gonna get next oh well i'm hoping to get this oh the doctor won't let me do this oh it's terrible of them like this like the medical institution is the enemies and you're like collectively fighting to bend them to your will uh and feeling like well we know more about this than doctors do so they should just give us everything in this this echo chamber this co-rumination you, you mentioned this you, you gave a hint that there's this medicalization and this seeking out uh some sort of uh, yeah inscribing your identity into your body yeah yes like, well since yeah like since since i don't feel like other girls it must be because i'm trans and ah well if you're trans it means that um your dysphoria will not go away unless you like change the things that distress you about your body which yeah um would, would be like mastectomy or or whatever surgeries or getting hormones uh, and uh luckily like th there's a lot of gatekeeping well back then like they actually assessed you like there was a team of people uh but unfortunately unfortunately for me i was so used to like wrangling the doctors to get me the care i needed that like i had the perfect um skill set like, um, like liam yeah I, and taken yeah it's like i knew exactly how to stroke the egos of doctors i knew how to be like calm and um sensible rather than like hysterical about things uh, I would leave out all the stuff that would make them uh, question my narrative. Like there was, there was like coaching uh, in in the in the peer group of like, well, I mean, I said this, and and that made made it more difficult. Like, so maybe don't mention this and this when you're there. Like they don't they don't get it. They don't understand. Like they'll see it the wrong way. Wow. Yeah. What and it was it was very like it was very democratic like it wasn't like there was one big boss trans person who was just like let's let's do this thing like this is my cult and i'm i'm dictating it it was just like everyone felt like they were helping like the oppressed class that they belong to did you um did you become convinced that you need to do something with your body with mm. regard to gender so because it's interesting, you can't change your body, you have all these conditions, and then somehow does your mind start to focus on the sex characteristics? And like, if, if I change that, or, yeah. or was it like, I kind of, I have to actually take it to the next level to be authentic or something like that? Yeah. First, I'll tell you about um, this, um, with my EDS, um, like I hated my feet because they were always in pain, like always before I learned how to like walk with better posture, like foot posture, which is something that people don't need to think about unless they have this disease. Uh, they were just like painful after just the smallest amount of walking. And I heard about this comic artist who made a autobiocomic uh, about amputating her feet because uh, she was born with um, like, just like birth defect in her feet. Uh, this didn't work very well. And they were always in pain. Like the, the, the joints were wearing down. And she decided like, 
I hate my feet so much that I will convince doctors to amputate them and get prosthetic legs. Which she did and made a comic about it. And when I read that comic, I was like, uh, I wish that was like an option for me. Like I even looked into uh, like would prosthetics help with with joint pain? Like that's how bad the pain was. Uh, but found out like, okay, you're going to have phantom pain and you're going to uh, need to, like you don't have as many muscles to move with. So it makes it harder on the muscles that are left. Like it's not a good idea. So I disregarded that, but I like I was already willing to like do severe things to feel better in my body. So when the idea of like okay, so non-binary people can get um, like a mastectomy as well. Hmm, I think that would make me feel better because uh, I felt like okay, well. I, I had a large chest. It was causing me back pain. Um, and just like feeling weird about just being so obviously womanly. I was just like, ah, yeah, that, that's that's probably big cause for my distress. If I get rid of that, then it'll feel easier to move my body, dress the way I want, uh, maybe even like get more exercise because I won't need to think about like sports bras and like the logistics of, of like, I don't know, yoga positions or <laughs> where things don't get in the way. Um, and I did get mastectomy. Um, so did you consider reduction rather than excision? I did, but I didn't tell anyone about it because it would have sounded bad. Like going to the gender clinic and being like, oh, yeah, I'm considering getting a mastectomy, but maybe just a reduction would do. Like maybe that would be enough, but then I felt like, well, if I was, what would a real trans person say? Like a real non-binary person would know that they absolutely need this. Like why would they even explore the option if there's any chance that it might not be enough? Like why not to go just go for the full thing hmm. and get it over with, hmm. and not risk not getting it after, <sighs> which is. Hmm. A horrible way to go about things like just, but it's yeah, acceptable within the gender rubric or the gender clinic like that was the move to make within that game yeah it it, it the, the narrative with with all my peers really was like these people will gatekeep you if they can like they want to conserve the resources first of all because again public health um they don't want to put money into trans people and oh, trans people could, should get everything for free and like anything they want super fast. Uh, it's oppressive not to provide the care that they feel like they need. Therefore, like you shouldn't play the game of gatekeeping. You should just like uh, advocate for yourself by telling them only their relevant information. Almost like some like evil um, I don't know, like if you lived in a in, in Soviet Russia and had to trick the government to get something, it's like, oh, it's fine because they're, they're the bad guys. Um, that was that was how <clears throat> that was like the consensus. Very opposite oppositional then. Yeah, yeah. Very like victim. Uh, so victim identity. You sound like you're you've always been very rational 
doing cost benefit analysis. I don't yeah. want testosterone because I know the effects and I want this, I want that. And, and you're already thinking in terms of a very rational way of thinking. And you, you mentioned that you did access mental health care. Did, during mm-hmm. this period, did you have any neutral input from a healthcare provider or priest or even just a friend or a, a mentor that was neutral, um, that was non-gendered? It was, it was like, um, I felt like uh, when I tried to find, like when I had to get like a general doctor to refer me to a gender specialist, like the doc- doctor was excited, but because just like last week, she had someone else ask for the same referral and had looked into it and knew exactly what to do this time. She was like, oh, 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 I knew, I, I know how to do this now. Hell yeah, I get to like um do the correct thing because yeah back then it was like the um the idea that like oh trans people know the best like you should not gatekeep was was the the activist um idea just popping up so i think like doctors like young doctors would be like yeah i'm i'm like um on the right side of history i want to help people which, yeah, like if you have someone who has issues with their gender, it is a good idea to refer them to the gender specialist because there's like if you don't know what are you going to do for them. Uh, and the specialists in Finland, uh, you had to go through like at least half a year of um, assessments through by a psychologist, a nurse, a doctor, like it wasn't frivolous. But uh, once you were there, um, like I, I, I had heard so many horror stories of people having to lie about wanting all of the treatments to get to some of the treatments. Like if you, if they were non-binary, they'd have to get like the trans male, um, the the one hundred percent diagnosis, uh, rather than the this um, gender um, confusion thing but I, I i i had the lighter diagnosis and had no trouble getting the things i wanted hmm. so i think things were getting laxer at that point mm-hmm. through the activism and now now they're getting tighter again which is a good thing mm-hmm. so when you are going into this kind of art project almost with your body and, and yeah like okay what how do you develop what you want you're like okay i don't want this part and I want to change this part. Like, what was the? It sounds like the body turns into a canvas in a way. If you don't mind me. Yeah, that. yeah. There was a lot of like scrolling Tumblr blogs about the results of um, treatments. Like, ah, oh, that's that's sort of like incision they did on this type of breast. Ah, oh, I wonder if if I have too much tissue to do that, or if that would work, or like, okay, so that's without testosterone having the mastectomy. Okay, that's. That's how they can do it. Like almost like shopping for like a like a dishwasher. Just like what models are out there, what are the um, hmm. costs and um, troubles and benefits. And very removed from the idea of like, yeah, this is my actual body that would be going under the knife and there's a healing period and there's... Um, uh, it's not just like an aesthetic thing like it it is not just plastic surgery you're removing like glands and tissue 
it's not it's not not a small surgery um but it felt like okay these people are saying this and this and they seem very happy with this thing like yeah th- three weeks after the surgery like it's very easy to be pleased with the thing when mm. it's not even finished healing um and i did like i i did encounter some the trans stuff uh but it was always like, ah, oh, these poor people who have like conservative parents who don't let them be the gender they need to be, like they will go back to being trans as soon as possible. Like that was kind of the narrative. Uh, and it never felt like like a risk I could have. Like it's just like, oh, I mean, these people, yeah, these, these they didn't think about it. They did it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna, come back to us uh eventually hmm. so regret wasn't an option to consider yeah it really wasn't on the map like my my mom was um concerned about like okay what if you're gonna have kids and you want to breastfeed and then you cannot and i was like oh i mean i don't think i'm gonna have kids because i, I have all these illnesses i don't want to pass those along it just wasn't on the map and then surprisingly once I turned like 28, I was like, oh, I want to have kids though. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, my brain matured. Oh, I, 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 I want to have a family, uh, which again, wasn't at all on the map when I was thinking like, yeah, I mean, why would I want to breastfeed? Like, come on, like, hmm. why, why should that be any concern of mine? So when you so you got a mastectomy were were you able to like get the right doctor and do the right surgery because he said that there's all these different factors and also did you factor in the way that your body has a hard time healing into the process of no no and no um uh, because this was through the public health like i had all these like fancy almost like the inspiration images but like mastectomy inspiration mm-hmm. it's like oh that's that's what i would like to, that, that that would look cool that would be good just like almost like a pinterest board like just saved on tumblr as a draft um just mm-hmm. like ah, oh, these people i want to be these people uh and then when i went to the assessment by the surgeon she was like ah oh, we just do this one type like that's all we know how to do because this is a public health service plastic surgery station like they do uh mold removals uh like burn scar removals if you have like catastrophic um accidents on your face like they just fix things they they do not make things pretty they just slap a skin graft on and call it a day like Hmm. they don't really have the the resources for anything fancy is this connected at all to uh breast cancer too or is that a different yeah yeah they also do like yeah breast cancer um like uh reconstructions oh okay but not the mastectomy uh, itself that would be uh oncologist kind of thing uh, i don't know yeah i think that would be well they also did like um minor tendon surgery and stuff so i don't know but i think i think like the cancer side of things would would get involved at the initial Mm. stages of of uh like a cancer mastectomy Mm. 
but yeah, it, it wasn't like a fancy plastic surgery thing. Not again, not like in American TV shows. Mm. Uh, just, just like very pragmatic. It's like, yeah, you you want your breasts gone? Yeah, we can take them off. We can we can slap the nipples back on as a graft. Uh, what? It'll heal. It, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. Like they remove. Um, they they remove the breast tissue, and they sort of close up the gap, and then they take the nipple off of the removed bit and just stitch it on. Okay. Which again, when I was researching things, I was like, okay, they can like like leave like a like a stem, uh, like a like the the nerves of the nipple and the flesh uh, and the veins like intact with the like the underlying tissue and then just like zip up the rest of it but they were like oh no no not not with this breast size like we we can just graft them and uh again at that point i didn't want to be like oh i'm i'm kind of reconsidering this like this sounds kind of scary and not like what i was planning um you had that thought yeah but like again like you don't want to I'd been waiting so long yeah. for this. I didn't want them to take it away from me. Like I was too scared of my options being limited. Yeah. To to speak out about it. Um, and yeah, they were like, um, they're like, yeah, we gotta we gotta make the nipples smaller, and uh, I, I would like to put them here. And I was like, no, that's. I don't think that's how I like. Don't make them that small. Don't make that them like that far apart. Like. I didn't want to go for the like masculine look that they thought is like a um, desired thing, which again, kind of a red flag to be like, oh, but not, not I, I want them gone, but like not, not, not like that, like in a specific aesthetic way. Mm. Uh, and yeah, the healing uh, took a long time. Like they say, like oh, you can have like two weeks. Uh, sick leave and then if you have like an office job you can return or if it's like a more physical job maybe a month but I was I couldn't like lift my arms more than more than this for for over two months like it was um, I couldn't wash my hair for a long time um, because of the pain or the weakness or a combination Uh, I would have split the um, scars like it would have actually like the tension would have split the scars oh wow so it had to heal and then I could start like physiotherapy to get back the range of motion because I was healing like kind of hunched over because I was so afraid of anything um, bursting. Hmm. Uh, and again, my scars apparently don't heal super nicely because of EDS, which I found out in this surgery because I hadn't had any other surgery before. Um and the uh, nipple grafts had a lot of I was so worried about them for so long like I felt like like I had dreams where they would slide off like a salami like like a pepperoni of a pizza uh, because they were just they had like that yellow scabbing um it did not feel like they were where they were supposed to be like they they were not eager to stay there and it was it was not the like um, not like the images on Tumblr of like oh I just had my surgery it looks so good 
like no it, it didn't it really didn't and your community encouraging you or were you still plugged in to them well seems like your body yeah, is like see, telling you one thing and then your social group yeah what kind of... what happened during the wait for the surgery uh, like when i was in helsinki um i got the diagnosis and then i was kicked out of the um the rental place i was at like as a, as a roommate uh and i decided to return back to the school that i i had quit um the animation school but instead switching to graphic design because uh i was like well it's too difficult to try to find housing in helsinki i can't afford it i should just go to school so that the government will pay me the allowance and I can get a degree and like maybe do something with my life. Um, and I, I finished school and on like the last day of school, I skipped school to have the surgery. Like it was like a intense timeline. So I was not in those circles physically anymore. Like I was, I was on discord with my trans friends. I was still very much like choosing to only hang out with queer people. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, um, less intense and I did have like doubts often, like, hmm, maybe this, like when I would be hanging out with like normal people that I knew, I'd be like, huh, this feels very like removed from all the thoughts I have about gender. Like it doesn't really play into these situations. Uh, like hmm. I'm just a person with some, some people, but with some people, it's all about like, oh, yes, yes, I'm this, this identity. Mm -hmm. uh, hmm. And when did, uh, when did reality shift for you or? Um, I, have, I have these pictures of like, um, when I was finally allowed to take the, the dressings off of the surgery scars, that was like a, uh, I don't remember, maybe a week I'd like have this compression vest on without removing it at all but for for some amount of time and there's like photos of like uh, my partner at the time like taking a photo of me like excited I'm gonna see the results and then like when the when the dressings were off like my face was just like oh <laughs> like uh, you could tell it it wasn't it wasn't what I expected because while it was still all under bandages, it was like, it, it, it hurt, it was painful, it was limiting my movement. But I had the thought of like all those Tumblr images of like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. And it, ooh, it was, it was, it was a lot more gruesome than those images. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just like, oh, this isn't like, hmm, hmm, this, it looks different than I expected. Hmm. And were you able to accept that at that time, or did you have to do some cognitive? Oh no, like no, I. Stuff? I yeah, I, I was like, okay, well, it needs to heal. Like it's swollen. Um, it'll look better once the 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 nipple grafts are all, like, fully healed and not, like, just taped taped on to stay on. Um, 
like I'm just like I'm just tired from the surgery. It's it's been a rough patch of time. I'll feel better once it's all healed. But then like never got there. And the more it healed, the more I noticed like it was kind of a like they botched it kind of. Um even when I went to see the surgeon later for assessment, she was like, Oh yeah, um we can fix this in this bit for you if you want. Um and I, I was like, ah, I'll think about it because um, they were like, because apparently my ribs were not symmetrical, like underneath. They were like um, at different levels a little bit on the different sides. There was this like lump of skin that they thought is going to lay flat, but doesn't like a, like a little, I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's like a lump and the sides where they did the incisions, um, uh they they have this like hill shape to them like where they had to cut and didn't remove enough fat under there uh and it's like yeah it, it doesn't look good um even if i was like male identified i would not go out topless like that like it just it looks kind of rough hmm. But when the surgeon was like ah oh, yeah we can book you another appointment to do just like a liposuction and a, like a talk like not even like under under lo uh, local anesthetic and i was like i don't think i want to mess with this more i don't think that's gonna help with anything like like i had to accept something there it's like oh this is i thought getting a surgery would help but it didn't really and i don't think trying to fix that surgery with a little tweak is gonna do anything good for me like it's just gonna increase the healing time it's going to be rough. So I opted out. But it was really only like... Ooh, back in like 2018, maybe. Um, first, I started disliking the social justice rhetoric of my friends. Hmm. And really like stepped back from all the discords and tumblers and stuff. Just like, I, I don't think this is making any sense anymore. The way they talk about things. I don't think it's good for me. I, I need to focus on something else. Uh, and I did find like other communities that are not uh, interested in those things, which was good. Uh, and once I was there, I just like started being like, huh, it's weird that I thought I'm so like non-binary and special and stuff. Yet my life changed in no way after I had the top surgery like i didn't start dressing differently i didn't become more androgynous i'm doing the same like female coded hobbies i always loved like hmm curious but i couldn't really question it further than that it was like psychologically impossible hmm. at that time uh but then um, last year i got out of a, a relationship into a new relationship um and it's a it's a it's a very good one. Uh, the previous, not so much. Um, it was um, not not the no. I won't go into details. Uh, but this one, yeah, a relationship with with just a straight guy who is not into social justice warrior and stuff. Very reasonable, very sane, very supportive. Hmm. And we decided, like, yes, we would like to have children. Um, and this year. I got pregnant. Uh, 
uh, unfortunately had a miscarriage. But um, during that time, I was like, it makes absolutely no sense for me to be this happy about getting pregnant, about the thought of like becoming a mom, having a family. Uh, and then like still saying like, oh yeah, I don't feel like a woman. It's like, absolutely, I'm, I cannot help but to feel like a woman when I'm pregnant and happy about it. And it, at that point, it really hit like, uh, I can't breastfeed. Like, there's no way to make that happen again. Like, it's just not an option. Um, it, I just chose to have my breast removed. What What on earth? Like, where was I uh, psychologically for that to, like, such a big difference from now and then? Um like, how, how can that happen? I'm sorry about your um, miscarriage. Yeah. How do, um, I guess there's a lot to process then. Uh, regret, anger. Um, yeah, one, once I started, like, once I opened the doors of, like, wait, I actually do regret this. There was a lot of just, like, confusion and anger just like why why did past me to, to do, do this why did people around me not like stop me or care why were the doctors so eager to help why why were they so easy to trick uh, into like thinking that it's definitely a good thing for me um just like so many just like going through all the the parts in the process and being like are you at fault? Did you do this to me? Um, but I felt like uh, when I was at, at my angriest, I did not want to talk about this online. Like I did not want to bring that rage online because um, when I was, when I started searching for the trans stories, it was very painful. Like, I mean, it, it's a lot of pain that people have. It, it's horrifying to read, like, especially if people have done more than I did. Like, I just had the mastectomy. I did nothing else. I changed my name, but that's, I, I actually today sent the paperwork to change it back. So, hmm. like, uh, that bit is easy to change. But, like, I was able to get pregnant. Um, there should be no issues other than, like, the PCOS stuff. Um, and yeah, people are just devastated. Uh, and I didn't want to just go out there and rage about it without any like solution or healing or, or like measured, um, uh, opinions on matters because it's very easy to just blame everyone and think everyone is horrible and everyone is insane and no one should ever be allowed to do anything. And, uh, and I feel like now I am at a place where it's like, yeah, I hmm. I have rebuilt my worldview on this matter. Hmm. Uh, not fully, but uh, to, to a point where I feel like, yeah, I can discuss this without being like, wait, how, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. Odd question, but you've brought up uh, autobiographical comics. Uh, do you think that that's a, one way that you can communicate your story? Yeah, I, I have been thinking about that because um, 
a few months ago, um, the art teacher from my art school, who was a very, uh, like, he was like a mentor. I was very close. He passed away because he had um, cancer. And it really made me think like, geez, he always said like, ah, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna like go far and do big things and meaningful things. And I haven't done anything. Like I've been stuck in this like gender mess, uh, like avoiding taking on anything in the world, really. Um, like I think now is about the time when I like start hmm. putting these things into like a thing that isn't just like me tweeting about it. Um, and I, I started like make like journaling about all these different, like some of it very disjointed, some of it weirdly um, pointing mm -hmm. towards the same things, mm -hmm. both to make sense of it and to like, um, it's been very useful for me to like hear about other trans people and especially the ones similar to my case. But I still feel like my case has many aspects that not many have talked about in the same context. And uh, I think it would be very useful to hmm. put together some sort of um, uh, journal of, of, of this path. What What's your thoughts on uh, using art to do that? Do you want to keep those separate? No, I think I think I've always used art to like process and experience, like uh, express what I'm going through because, um, like, I like um, Jungian stuff and uh, like ar archetypes and symbolism yeah. because it expresses things that you cannot yet put into words. And comics are a great way to like use that sort of visual side of things, and then also the words and narrative that you processed and uh yeah I, i've always liked to like it's a form of thinking to make art um I, I am very rational but also very artistic and those like brain sites don't always speak together or they don't communicate but mm. comics are a good way to get them to like puzzle on the same questions hmm. like trade information almost like, yeah. oh, wait, yeah, I did have that dream about this thing. Oh, yeah, I know that this this is going to happen. Oh, oh, thank thank you, brain. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> these are about the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. You said that you're uh, rebuilding or in the process of rebuilding your worldview. And that was in the context of gender. But I'm wondering, like, where do you begin with your worldview now? Do you, do you know, like, where do you, where do you start? Or where do you um, land? Yeah. Um, where do you find a home? Yeah. At some point of this, like, while I was healing from, from the top surgery, I decided, like, I am done with being ill. <laughs> like, I just decided, like, okay, some of this is definitely hypochondriac. Some of this is me just avoiding getting better because it, it is powerful to be like a like a weak person then you can make people do stuff for you because they feel bad for you hmm. healing from the surgery it just felt like uh, this sucks like this is actually awful being this limited i don't want to be here anymore like in this weak state like i'm actually done with being weak i would like to 
actually gain power in the world to do the things that I care about. It, it was almost like reaching the like dead end of like, oh, I did this. I don't think there's anything to be found here. Like, let's go someplace else. Like, let's not dig deeper. Hmm. Um, so that's a big part of it. It's like actually being an active agent in the world, believing that I can take on any challenges that the world um, throws my way. If if I have something that I'm working towards, like if I don't know where I'm going, like, yeah, obviously I'm not gonna move anywhere. But if there's some place I want to go, I will find a way through hmm. all the weird stuff getting in the way. Um, I like that it matters that I keep moving in the world. Like I cannot just lay down and hope for things to end or or just like pass me by. Like it's, it's kind of fun to be in the world, actually, to do things. Yeah. Kind of, it's like the what your parents were telling you kind of like came back yeah i mean yeah it, it, it is good to do things just not too much yeah and not not to seem that um not to like fake uh not to trick people into thinking that you're valuable because you know you're actually valuable so you can do things that you value and not just like seeming busy and and important mm -hmm. so that they will be like ah oh, okay let's not question this too much so then what excites you what do you want to do where are you headed now um i mean build? The, the the art stuff i'm thinking about and uh uh after the miscarriage i have wanted to get pregnant again build a family i feel like um all this gender stuff has taken a lot of years out of my like fertile window and I, i'm kind of feeling the pressure to just uh hmm. get 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 that going um how is this might be the wrong question but how has the the drive to be a mother changed your relationship with your body because from a very early age the onset of womanhood was a pain and a burden. Yeah. And how has that like changed your relationship with your feet? Well, the, the funny thing is when I was pregnant, um, a lot of the pains and like, obviously the, the issues with my period, they were just gone. Like I felt way healthier being pregnant than I did um, hmm. most of my teenage years uh, or young adult adulthood. And it just felt like, oh, okay, like I am doing something with my body. Like it's not just that my body looks like something or my body is uh, utilized by other people uh, to do like physical labor or art or something. Like I am physically constantly doing something with my body. I can like, um, if I need rest, it is because I'm like building a, a child. <laughs> uh, if I feel like bloated or weird, yeah, that's because I am pregnant and that's the baby bump. Like, it was way easier to be merciful, uh, both both towards how I look and, like, what needs my body has. Hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, I mean, it's just, it's just like my lame old body. I, hmm. why, why should I, like, be nice to it? Why should I listen to it? 
but like when there's like a child involved it's like well yeah obviously i want to like eat the right things and not drink alcohol or hmm. uh yeah it becomes a engine of creation like from yeah yeah it's 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 uh it's like it's being a body and that's a good thing and not just like an enemy Hmm. do you I guess it sounds like you have the glimmers of an idea of what you would like to produce, um, speaking intellectually and stuff. But um, right now, I guess you're on Twitter. Do you have any? Do you have a, a website that you're intending uh, I, to build? I, have, I have um, Instagram with my art on it. I, I have a Patreon. Um, I think by the time this episode is out, I'll, I'll have links to those on my Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's your philosophy with regard to Twitter or with regard to detransition stories or with regard to, to speaking out? Uh, yeah, I, I keep it like, I keep the like, uh, negative regret, anger kind of out of things because I like things to be a bit more processed when I post on Twitter, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is, um, completely other topics like uh, uh, I mean during this process kind of in a cliche I, I found the Christian faith again like in my own own way not the extreme uh, religious sect kind the of way less like, deterianism like you have a different one yeah yeah it's a it's it's more um, post-rationalist is, is a is a hmm. word we throw around in my corner of twitter <laughs> which is um uh it's like when you have like rationalism um back in like the um new atheist kind of kind of days everyone was very analytical very skeptical very uh, like finding the systems that are true and factual post-rationalism is when you're like that's nice those are good tools but like sometimes you gotta accept that not all tools work in all contexts like you cannot apply a philosophy everywhere you cannot apply uh let's say the gender ideology everywhere like it's gonna fall apart and you're gonna accept that about your intellectual tools and just like have fun with life Hmm. Uh, accept that things are muddy and nebulous and weird and like concepts are liminal and like that that is how the world is built like you, you shouldn't be looking for crisp black and white categories or like the right rules to operate in the world. It's going to be messy and like, that's fun. Hmm. That That's a nice little uh, Easter egg post-rationalism. I'm going to have to explore oh, yeah. that. Is there a, is there another hint or two to get me going down that path? Oh, hmm. Oh, it's just kind of it's just people kind of sharing these ideas people sharing yeah, their, it's people their like, journeys there's a lot of like self-help uh type stuff a lot of like buddhist inspired like mindfulness stuff um internal family systems as like a psychological tool hmm. um ai is a big thing like people love to talk about ai there as uh, evil or is awesome Oh, mostly, 
mostly like kind of evil, but like exciting. <laughs> <laughs> We're not black and white there. Like it, it's 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 cool, but like be be very careful. Like don't yeah. let it have too much power. But like wow, look at all these things. We could use these to make this and this thing. Is is Elon Musk like a part of your your circles, or is he? What do you guys think of him? Uh, yeah, like Elon Musk gets referenced a lot. I think Grimes, like they were together. Grimes is aware of the post-rationalist scene, I believe. Hmm. Like th there's there's an inside joke that she's she has like an alt account and is on post-rationalist Twitter. Hmm. <laughs> Otherwise called the in-group Twitter, which is a in-group joke because like. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the in group, you know in the, you're in the in group, and uh, everyone who feels like they're in the in group are part of the in group, which is a <laughs> not an echo chamber. We're not in an echo chamber. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're in group, you know. But like, hmm. yeah, hmm. it's 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 kind of a cheeky philosophy. It's it's it keeps you on your toes. Hmm. It sounds um. It sounds like it's good for you in a way. It sounds like it's it's opening your field of possibility. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of counter. Uh, yeah, it's it's an antidote to like all the like anorexic um, purity beliefs or religious black and white beliefs or social justice. Like, oh, we must save the world in these ways, or we're evil. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, well, I mean. It's good to do things that you care about. Like, don't tell others what is the absolute good thing. Don't mm. try to immanentize the eschaton, is, is a phrase that's, that, that's used. Like, don't try to make things, don't bring on the apocalypse just to make things clear to mm. you, yourself or others. Like, keep, keep things kind of messy. Hmm. And what would you... Um... What would you say to somebody who um, is just at the beginning of their detransition or, or like looking at their own scars and uh, having to, like, just looking at the pit of fear and anger and regret um, and, and not knowing how to even begin to conceptualize that? Um, I'd say... Um, you can never go wrong if you face the truth of things like it is more painful to keep ignoring uh, and looking away from things that you kind of already know are there like like my questioning of like do I want this surgery I mean I can't think that I don't want it because then I might lose the chance to have it it would be it would have been so much better at every step to be like huh I think I need to honor the fact that I'm having like other thoughts about this rather than being like, no, 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 no. It's, it, it can only be this way. Um, even at this, this point, right? Like right now, whenever I start getting, um, too narrow in my thinking of like, there must be, there must be a reason there must be someone responsible. I need to like take revenge or show my resentment or get even or like destroy the enemy uh, being like, okay, well, I am also at fault, not fully, but like it is also on me. Like I am not a victim fully. I am not fully responsible 
again, this is the nebulosity of the uh, mm -hmm. philosophy. Uh, but it, as long as you're brave enough to actually look at how things are, you can keep going forward, whatever the starting point is. Like if you're just brave enough to to look, even in the directions that hurt, if the truth in, is in that direction, it's it's a pretty good path. And you can always adjust as you learn more. I want to end it there and begin it there, actually. <laughs> Yeni, thank you very much for speaking with me. Thank you for this interview. It it, it, it got longer than I expected. Yeah, I, it just kind of flew by. I'm going to end the recording now. <laughs> we can chat offline.